What's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode seven of Candy Cast Club. Today we have two of our candy boxers, our campaign manager Emily and our digital designer Bethel. So Vanessa, so this episode I enjoyed because it really came down to some real conversations. I think this conversation was more about who they were, what they did, and where they are now, and always the idea of improving. So when you guys are listening to this episode, I really want you guys to apply this to your own life and think about where you guys have started and where you guys came and see your potential moving forward as well. This episode is definitely like a real talk kind of podcast episode and it made me really open my mind and think of what I want for the future. I totally agree. This episode will really get you thinking about where you came from and where you're going. So grab your favorite candy, sit back and enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to... I hope that didn't hurt your ears, but welcome to another episode of CandyCast. Um, my name is Bethel. I know that we've already been introduced, but Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm Emily. Hopefully you can tell our voices apart. If not, it'll sound like one person talking to themselves, which is also fun. Um, yeah, I'm a campaign manager at CandyBox Marketing. Been here just over a year and a half now. Hitting, getting ready to hit that two-year mark. Very exciting times. <laughs> <laughs> and myself, my name is Bethel. I am the digital designer at Candybox. I've been here kind of switching around my roles a little bit the last two and a half to three years. So today, the topic is how to navigate through changes in your career and your life. Right? We talk a lot about transitions in general, like the aspect of transitioning from high school to post-secondary, then going into the workforce, getting married, having kids, getting a dog, all of these milestones. But let's go even more granular on what one of these things look like. So M, I'm going to call her M, that's going to happen because that's her nickname. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about like, okay, like, yes, you're at Candybox now, but let's Let's go back in time and discuss where you started with your career, like your first like full-time job, and then tell us your timeline from there. All right, so um, my full-time job, my first full-time job, um, I really fell into it. I was climbing up a mountain in Budapest, and it was just, no, I'm kidding. Is this real? Okay. Brand new information, hot tea coming at you. No, um, my first full-time job, I mean, I kind of did what most university and high school students did. And, you know, I had a bunch of, um, you know, those part-time jobs, working retail, working at camps in the summer, usual things, usual, usual like millennial things, you know. Um, and then from there, I guess my first full-time, full-time grown-up adult job got that salary would have been working for a publishing company but this was kind of an interesting situation in that um, this publishing company was working on the marketing side for that and then the owner of the publishing company wanted to start up a soccer academy and a bit of a background in soccer grew up playing love the sport you know catch me watching a game on the weekend um, and so he asked me if I would come help with the business side help with the communications and the marketing and love soccer this sounded fun helping to build a business so I kind of jumped into that and 
that was, yeah, that was my first full, full-time job and, you know, great experience, learned a lot, learned um, a lot about marketing, uh, more so on the traditional side. Um, and then with the soccer club, learned a lot about the different aspects of a business and what it takes to build a business from the ground up, as well as um, I got to kind of dabble in, dip my toes into that digital marketing um, side of things, which led me here. How about how about you, B? Where, how how do you get started? So my first full time salary, nine to five or whatever eight hours is at that time, was at a financial institution in Canada. I don't know if I can say I'll probably it'll end up leaking out at a certain point. <laughs> um, but my role was very different. Where it's like I started off in finance, and obviously right now we went into marketing, which then led to design. Um, so that was a Whenever I tell people this, people get surprised because everyone's like, oh, you're so, so like soft spoken, blah, blah, blah. But I was a collections officer. (laughs) I call people for their past due payments, focusing on analyzing numbers, doing things like um, seeing if you have a home to see if we can put like pursue legal if you're so far past due. Um, We called people who had their cars getting repossessed because they were so late on payments. Um, So that happened and I was with that organization for the last, for like essentially for two years. Um, And I love the organization, but obviously that role wasn't essentially 100% for me considering the nature of that job. (laughs) Well, you you were essentially like a dog the bounty hunter but for credit cards so i can see that not necessarily being super conducive to your career goals now as as i know them and after having worked with you so i can can i can definitely see uh where that kind of parting of ways happened to pursue the career you're in now yeah and and i think the difficult part was that it was like credit cards loans cars mortgages and this like okay the stories people would tell for the reasons why they were past due. Sometimes you can, you know, things happen, people forget. Sometimes, like, oh, it's going to get really sad. Like, you know, things happen in life. And I'm, I'm not going to dive too deep into that to keep things lighthearted. <laughs> um, but that essentially led me into deciding to go back into school. And there was a lot of value from that role that I got in terms of transferable skills with client communications, analyzing data, um, essentially still making the best out of that situation and um, still pursuing to do my best, even though the role wasn't 100% for me. Um, So essentially I went back to school um, and the school that I went to is actually Daryl Kieser, CEO, founder of Candybox. It was his alma mater. So yeah, (laughs) name drop. So (laughs) this man is on our business hall of fame. So every time I walked into, I started working for Student Union, um, every time we walked into the office, he would just be outside, you know, just chilling, you know, <laughs> doing his thing on the wall, being the youngest person that's on there. Um, and that ended up leading me to meeting members of Candy Box Marketing, um, me going into a campaign manager role for advertising and digital advertising at Candy Box. And then within Candy Box as an organization, I've kind of navigated through um, starting off with advertising and then venturing off into more user experience and user interface design. Um, so obviously with both M and myself, 
um, we've kind of navigated and our, our careers have progressed in different ways, not just in the difference in organizations, but the roles that were found within within that company. So for instance, Emma was saying that she started off in, in more marketing, traditional marketing, and then in that role, she pivoted into that soccer um, communications role and then into Candy Box, which I know she's, she's navigating and pivoting there as well. So I guess the next question here is, when in that career or when in that position, um, did you start to feel that things had to pivot or you chose to pivot? Yeah, so with, um with digital, I was seeing a lot of opportunity and seeing that this is basically where marketing is headed, um, where the pendulum was swinging. So I, I know I wanted to keep working in marketing. Um, I know that I, I was very interested in digital and what that entailed. Granted, I was very green. I was like, digital marketing, cool. Um, so, you know, it sounds what it is like what it is um so you know I started looking for agencies started looking for jobs knowing that um it like I would be green going in so I was looking for more of an entry-level position uh that job hunt (laughs) was long um I will not sugarcoat it I was job hunting for about a year uh just looking for that opportunity and I said this in my interview uh for Candy Box but I quite honestly stumbled across candy box I was around Valentine's Day um I was you know just I got this ad for uh, what I thought was a candy subscription company and I was like I'll treat myself I'm you know no shame clicked on it the job posting was there I was like here we go let's let's see what this is all about and applied um got you know got the got the role and um, you know, bumps along the way in my first little bit. Like I, I won't, you know, again, not here to sugarcoat it, but the learning curve is huge. Um, the environment is amazing and so supportive and I couldn't kind of ask for a better spot to be in. And, um, you know, it it was the right pivot at the right time. And it was almost, um, not really one to say it was fate, but it was, uh, it was very fortuitous timing. <laughs> fate. <laughs> fate. <laughs> so yeah. And, um, I know that, uh, your pivot Bethel was, uh, was kind of multifaceted. You kind of pivoted and then you pivoted again. And it was a bit like that friends episode where Ross is yelling pivot <laughs> and you're trying to navigate up the stairwell. You got this big couch. And, um, so I'd love, I'd love, uh, to kind of hear, you know, how, what led you to each pivot along the way and what kind of drove that that motivation or that desire to kind of get to where you are now? This might be, let me know, feel free to interrupt me because this might end up being longer. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that obviously our viewers find value in this and the reason why this was brought up. Um, so my, I'm going to introduce my origin story at Candy Box. <laughs> um, no no it's good it's very good um so to me I value leadership and I value um you know knowing who I work for understanding what the team culture is and all of those things um you know I decide where I work based off of those things and at the time when I had first encountered Candy Box I was working as a awareness coordinator at Sheridan Student Union um, alongside being in school and still working at at the bank, <laughs> I almost said the name um, at the bank for like um, for part time and all of that stuff. Um, 
And I was friends with someone who was working at Candy Box. And at the time, what we had initially started to decide on was um, collaborate on a project. I essentially, it's weird, but I needed mattresses <laughs> for a... Um, for an awareness initiative and for events across all three campuses. And this friend had a client that sold mattresses. And I was like, interesting. I wonder if there's a way that we can collaborate here in order for Sheridan Student Union and students to get free mattresses and you guys get any content that you guys need. Um, so in comes Carlo and Heather. At the time, they were a campaign manager and social media manager for um, Candy Box. We collaborate with Student Union um, and Tony, their videographer at the time. Um, so basically, the exchange was they were going to give us three mattresses. We're going to have three students trial them out. Um, and then after the trial, they take a video testimonial, which is their takeaway. And then on our end, the students get to keep the mattress. I kept a mattress. <laughs> um, so that was my first time working directly um, in some kind of environment with, with Heather and Carlo and, and Tony at the time and just seeing how they engage with, with clients and seeing how they engage with each other. And I was like, well, that's really cool. Like what they're doing is really cool. Um, and then after that, that was the first encounter, but I wasn't fully convinced yet on Candy Box. What convinced me was I... Um, that same friend essentially helped me with a um, Christmas event that I was doing for Sheridan Student Union. Um, so in return, what I did was I helped him with the candy box event in terms of decorations and planning and whatnot. And so I went into that Christmas party being like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm just gonna do my thing event-wise and then just talk to people just for the sake of it and, and obviously be respectable and, and just curious and always wanting to learn. And then Daryl Kieser, founder and CEO of Kenny Boss, <laughs> starts doing his like whole end of year speech thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to work for him. <laughs> we have to say the full name every time we say his name. You have it's, to name drop. He's going to hate it. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's full name and title. It's in our contracts. That's how we refer to him. If we don't do it, we get let go. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> our 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 candy supply gets uh, depleted if if we don't do it. <laughs> we don't get candy. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then after that, um, I had heard that Mafuz, and I'm gonna drop name drop another person. He was in Sheridan at the time doing um, interviews and stuff like that with students, um, kind of coming in as like support to help people apply. And then I found out that Candy Mux was doing an internship program. And I was like, I'm going to apply. Like I like my intuition, everything in my being is like, okay, you need to do this. Do it, do it, do it. And I remember I was applying. I was in the Sheridan Student Union office. And I was sending an email to Mafuz. And I had spelt his name wrong. <laughs> and I cried. I was like, I was on the floor. I was like, there's no way they're going to hire me now. What is this? And all that stuff. Um, Basically, that ended up leading into the internship. I started off with that. I came in being like, hey, if there's any opportunities in the future, I'll be the first one to apply. Um, and then that led me over to um, essentially a role like five or six months later um, as a campaign manager. So again, as I mentioned earlier, digital advertising, all of that stuff. Um, <laughs> this is really long. Let me know if I should stop. <laughs> <laughs> or keep, keep pivot. Going. Keep going. Weave me a tail, Ethel. Weave okay. Me a tail. 
Perfect. Um, and then from there, a portion of campaign management is, is essentially like landing pages. Um, and as some people may know now, that ended up that role ended up transitioning into a landing page specialist design, digital design role essentially within the organization. Um, so that ended up pivoting. And I think the point that I'm going to get to from this is the reason why every time I pivoted, um, it was partially because of intuition, but primarily because what is the next thing that I want to learn? You know, like I know that right now in life and in and, and general milestones and transitions and everything that we do, a lot of the time we ask ourselves, okay, what's next? What's our plan? What am I going to do? What are my values? What do I want out of life? Um, and those are very like, heavy questions and hard-hitting questions that a person may ask and in the moments where I'm like okay what is the next thing that I want to learn so it's like okay I started off with as an intern I'm like I want to learn more about digital advertising Google Analytics because numbers was my background right I came from finance that was directly what I was working with but now how can I take that and apply it over to digital advertising and then from there, I was like, okay, we're doing conversion optimized campaigns, right? The next thing I want to learn is conversion optimized design, which ended up leading to landing pages, user experience, user interface that I ended up going back to school for. And then from there, where is that going to lead me next? You know, so it's every single pivot was based off of like, hey, this is everything that I currently know. What do I want to learn next? That makes sense. I mean, it's all centered around growing and where the industry is going and how you can progress your your career and ultimately progress your personal development as well. Um, I'm speaking from, you know, my own personal experiences. I'm a daughter of a teacher, always teacher, not preacher. (laughs) And uh, so I've, I've grown up always with that um, priority around education and continued learning and wanting to learn more. And I find I'm not always satisfied with my level of knowledge with everything. I always think I can learn more, whether through courses or through the people I work with. Um, So I'm always, you know, very similar to Bethel, always trying to figure out what's the next step? What can I learn next? Is there a gap somewhere that I can fill? Because ultimately I want to be the best that I can be at what I do and the only way to do that is to continuously looking for opportunities and ways to be better to learn more to um, be more creative Um, and you know I think I think that's something we we both share like we're never both stagnant we're never kind of both content with where we are Um, if it's a quieter day for us like usually we're we're working on something that has to do with professional development or learning something that can make a process better. Um, And I think that that's so important. And I think that today, you know, people do get stagnant, especially like in the times we are now where there's fewer external factors kind of propelling us forward. It's a lot of us on our own, um, more depending on those internal motivators. Um, And I think, you know, we we have the time now like let's take it let's take time to learn let's take time to grow let's take time to push ourselves um yeah exactly 
And it's like, as I mentioned earlier, like we talk a lot about those huge changes and those milestones, but really what we're talking about today is a lot more granular than that. It's those little instances in life that essentially lead us to making those larger decisions in a way that is more conducive of growth, creates a better sense of foundation, which then helps you make those larger choices in life, which is essentially like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be in finance. Maybe I should be in marketing. You know, maybe I should not be in marketing just as marketing. Maybe I should be in design. So it's really just like, okay, what is the next step? You know, like what is in that? Let's, let's save, let's save that question for last. Cause then I mean, that I way it's a good way last. to to top it off at the end there. That's the thinker that I'm going to have to multitask and think about how to answer that one. (laughs) And while we're talking, this could get a bit disjointed. Buckle up. This will be fun. (laughs) Again, let's go even more granular. So it's like, I know we're talking about knowledge and pursuing all of that. um, But what are things that you value? What are things that are, you know, generally important to you? And how has this affected your choices with where and how you work? huge question we can break that down. that's a big one um for me one thing and again like with your first job uh your first kind of adult job when you're learning how to be a semi-functioning adult um everything's gonna be a learning experience you're gonna you're gonna learn is is this salary the most important thing or can i take a cut on the salary for really great benefits would i you know swap this for a great culture you you figure out what what those values are, like Bethel said, and um, coming from where I did come from, work-life balance was a huge priority for me. Um, that was one of the biggest biggest things because there wasn't a ton of it. Um, as you can imagine, working kind of in two roles within kind of one big umbrella, uh, it was it was difficult. And uh, at times, you know, you're working twelve hours. I mean, with a new with a new soccer club, um, you you put in those hours kind of like any any startup and um, so that for me, like you, you, it starts to weigh on you when you're putting in uh, a lot of overtime hours frequently, and it you don't realize the effect that has on you until you kind of are in a place where you're working that more regular eight-hour workday. And so for me, you know, work-life balance is super important. Um, I I like knowing that at five o'clock, typically, barring any unforeseen circumstances, um, you know, I can close my computer and like my, my day's done, anything can wait till tomorrow. It's not expected that I'm online till 10 p.m. every night or that I'm running around doing this and that till 10 p.m. every night. Obviously, there's always extenuating circumstances where you might be required to do that every now and then, but um, that was definitely a huge one for me. Culture was also um, really important to me. I wanted to work somewhere where I could be friends with the people I worked with, people genuinely cared about each other, uh, and an environment that was ultimately like positive where we're all kind of rooting for each other, all supporting each other, encouraging each other, um, you know, an individual win is a team win type of thing. And I really found that within Candy Box. And um, I, I would say like the those two, those two values, like the culture and work-life balance, are are probably the the most important things to me right now, where I am in my life. I mean, ultimately, you know, if I'm older and get married and have a family, benefits might be really important. I don't know if I have a kid who needs braces. <laughs> having orthodontal benefits might be huge, but right now, 
Um, for me, it's work-life balance and culture. And, um, and I guess making sure that they we're constantly pushing each other to, to be better and to grow. And, um, that it's not like, okay, you know, we're, this is good. We're happy here. It's like, okay, we've met this goal and this milestone. What's next for the company? What's the next big thing we're going to accomplish? And that too has also been a, a really great environment and great kind of feeling to, to be a part of. Totally. And it, it, this all reminds me very much of, um, when I was working at the bank, there was this man. So I wasn't crazy about my role, but I tried to make the best out of that situation and the best out of essentially working there, essentially, (laughs) essentially, essentially, Um, which led me to a lot of success with my role. And and, um, in the cusp of when I had decided to go back into school and the cusp of when I was succeeding very well um, in that organization, there was like an annual performance awards that were handed out that are separated by like bronze, silver and gold. The year that I had won gold, because I'm so good, so good at my job. (laughs) Podium play. Yeah, there was, I'm going to name drop him. His his name is Jeff Duguay. He was a senior manager of some sorts within the organization. And he was just taking a picture of me for the sake of this ceremony or whatever. Um, And he came by my desk and he was like, he kind of saw that I was a little bit distraught. And he's like, what's wrong? Obviously, like, this is such a good thing. Um, And I was just telling him about like, okay, this is where I'm at in terms of where I'm looking into pivoting and going back to school. And he said something that I was not expecting, considering that he was higher up in the organization. He told me, don't chase after money. Money will come. Chase after experiences. Right. And it's that hit me a lot because experiences is one of the things that I value. Knowledge is something that I value. And and I think those are the two main things that have basically affected with like how I make choices with where and how I work. And what Em was saying with Candy Box, it's very much like I've had a lot of privilege with creating my role. I've had a lot of privilege with working directly with leadership in order to figure out, okay, like here are the existing responsibilities within the organization. Where are we experiencing pain points? And how can I help alleviate those pain points and add value to the organization whilst also adding value to my growth? Because this is what I wanna learn and I want to apply. and the people aspect and i keep bringing this up leadership is important like knowing who i worked for was super important um and figuring out the team that fosters growth is open to feedback open to working together collaboratively in order to create and develop better structures so that way we can continue to set solid foundations for growth 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 <laughs> so much growth if, if you didn't if you didn't say people though i was going to be personally offended because i i am the people i am one of the people (laughs) when we were working we were just talking about this because we're thankfully we're in the studio but obviously in the midst of covid we've all primarily just worked from home and then we were just sitting there in one of our tables which we call rafts in the studio just pointing out like oh this is where they used to sit and this is where em and i used to sit like next together but in different rafts so (laughs) definitely the people um with that, though, like to what degree do you, Emily Sakonic, 
feel like you've controlled the course of your life? I think I have controlled the course of my life to a degree. Um, I kind of, you know, have have goals, have where I want to be. Um, but I know that like not every path is linear. There's going to be detours. There's going to be bumps in the road. So it's taking those detours and those bumps and, you know, controlling how, how you react and how you respond to them. Um, but if there are things you can't control, that's, you know, you have to just kind of accept the, the situation and uh, move forward the best you can. Um, so I think it's a bit of control. Like you could control, um, you know, what you study or you can control where you apply to or you can control, um, you know, how you want to see yourself grow within an organization. But I think there there's a lot of uh, factors that you can't control. And I think it's important to just remember those things you can't control. Don't try to control them. Uh, don't force that control. Uh, that that can cause a lot of undue stress. Um, and it can, you know, I've I've been in a position where I've tried to control the uncontrollable, and it's it's caused a lot of all I'd call it anguish and stuff like that. Um, you know, after university, I wanted to go to law school, and I was dead set on law school and taking my LSATs and wanting to apply and everything, and. I didn't really take the time to explore what other opportunities were, were out there. I, you know, had a Bachelor of Arts, not to knock the Bachelor of Arts, but as any everyone with it knows, it's kind of like a, what the hell do I do with this situation? It's like, great, I studied history. Now what? <laughs> um, so I didn't, you know, and there are so many jobs now that didn't exist, you know, five, ten years ago too. So even when you're going through university, you don't what's out there now may not be out there in like two years or might look different so um you know I, I tried to control that aspect and you know it was a lot of information interviews it was a lot of talking to people and you know getting that exposure early on with my first grown-up job uh to marketing I I really thought you know this was meant to happen for a reason like I love marketing um I love storytelling I love being creative and this this lets me combine both. I'm also someone who's like quite analytical to a degree. Um, there's a running joke within our department that I struggle with math because I <laughs> failed slightly with one of the uh, with one of the interview questions. Uh, to this day, our uh, our team lead who is currently on mat leave, uh, we love Julia and Maddox, uh, but she will message me intermittently saying, want to play a game and then sends me the question I got wrong. But despite that, I am very analytical and I like having data to support what we're doing. So, you know, marketing really was that perfect combination for me. Um, and I just kind of had to let go of what I couldn't control and what I couldn't really help and just let stuff come as it be. Um, that's not to say I, I didn't work my butt off to get where, where I am and to, to, do what I've been able to do but um, at some point you just have to let go of what you can't control and just focus on what you can control. Mm -hmm. I used to tell myself don't stress about shit you can't control but make the best of what you can <laughs> just because I you know there's going to be external environmental factors that are always going to happen in our life that we have completely no control over. We don't have control of when it snows we don't have control over if like a loved one passes. We don't have control over um, 
aspects of where our upbringing was and all of this stuff and it's like what you decide to do in those I want to say traumatic situations in some cases is really just an example of your character so I think that with anything we do have choice and we do have control over our own characters and I am a very strong advocate that in most cases you do have a choice right so for instance when you're leaving high school and people feel like oh I have to go to university I have to go to college no you don't you can choose to make the more difficult option which I had to when I was younger where I had to decide not to go into post-secondary right away because I knew I wasn't habitually there yet in order to succeed in that and a lot of that comes with being brutally honest with yourself in terms of okay like is this a choice that feels true to who I am as a person is this pivot is this change an emblem or an example um, or represent the values in my life with whatever career or progression in that career you're going to act on Um, and I think that Let's just sum this up so I don't, I don't ramble because I do that. Um, everyone has a choice. Most people are afraid to make the more difficult choice and have used the excuse that we don't have a choice. Yeah, I think I, I definitely, I definitely think that we always have a choice in in what we decide. And I think, you know, I've there's what everyone does and what's kind of expected, like you know, for most people, um, you know, you graduate high school, the next step is college or university. That's the next logical step, but there's nothing written that says you can't take a year. You can't, you know, maybe you start. And for me personally, like I'm a December baby. I, I'm young for my age, as I like to say, but my, my family laughs. They don't think that that's appropriate, an appropriate saying. (laughs) I think it makes sense to me. Um, but you know, I, looking back, I definitely should have, taken a year off, like worked, gotten some life experience potentially. Um, because I was going into university at 17. I barely got my G2. <laughs> yeah. I'd failed my G1 three times. <laughs> like, uh, so I think there's what's kind of expected and what the typical life path is. But that's not to say you can take a different path or take your time. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the decisions I made because it's led me here. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, um, and uh, no pun intended, because it is twenty twenty. <laughs> Bethel's done with me now, um, but you know, you there's nothing to say you can't go against the norm. You can't go against the grain with these decisions, and you know yourself better than anyone, and you know what's best for you and what you need at the time so being in tune with that and listening to yourself is huge exactly and it's um I've my path has been very unconventional in the sense that I did choose to take some time off and then even from there um, it did give me the opportunity to work in a large corporate organization where I was succeeding and getting paid more money and like all of this stuff and it's like okay like the decision to be like going back to school everyone was telling me why you're already pretty set you know everyone was telling me because like celebrating 25 years at the bank is a big thing because that's when retirement comes in and all that stuff and it's like everyone was saying oh you'll do that when you're like I started working at the bank when I was like 18 and like people were like saying oh you'll be like less than 40 and you can retire it's like Mm -hmm. I don't care (laughs) 
I don't want to retire here right now, not like this. And it's like the decision to go back to school when everyone around you is saying no or advising you against it. And then even deciding to take on um, like an internship and, and having to let go of even that part-time role, especially again, like what's it called? Choosing to take on an internship at the time was very difficult for me because of financial burdens of having to let go of my existing role and all that stuff. Um, and then at the time, I had to also, I made that this difficult decision to drop a couple of my courses because I was in school in order to take an unpaid internship. Rationally, does not make any sense. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I, I quit a job that paid well even though it was part-time, and I dropped a couple courses, and I didn't actually end up finishing that degree because I ended up going into school for something else, right? Do I regret that? A hundred percent. No, that was the best, one of the best decisions I've made in my life, primarily because it, it was completely, it felt right. My intuition was telling me to do it. Um, I knew that the organization, Candy Box, matched with my values. I knew that this role was something I wanted to do, and this was the next thing that I wanted to learn, right? And it's like, there's a lot of people who aren't willing to make difficult decisions right off the bat like that, and that's fine. But I think the point is, be brutally honest with yourself and try to take your truth and abide by that instead of always, like, yes, it's good to listen to advice, but understand when it's advice that supports your values or whether it's just noise by society of what you're supposed, quote, quote, supposed to be doing. You know, and I think personally, I've had more success at a younger age. I'm quite proud of that <laughs> because I've decided to um, not conform to other people's ideas or values or their truths. I respect other people's truths for them, but I also have a good understanding of what my truth is as a person. Um, and my father, he used to call me the rebellious one. I have three sisters just for context. And then I told him, I'm not rebelling. I'm just not, I'm not a conformist, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I'm self-aware, okay? <laughs> so that's the difference. <laughs> yeah. um, and I guess right now, just to kind of move it along a little bit here, um, M, let's bring it back to that question. What's next? It's, <laughs> it's such a daunting question because I honestly, I, I don't know exactly what's next. I mean, I... I could, I'm not someone who can tell you, okay, in three years, I'm going to have a dog. In like four years. I can guarantee that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a puppy. <laughs> um, I can't say, you know, in four years, I'm going to be in this role doing this. But um, ultimately, right now, um, I, I would like to pursue my, my CMA, which is a chartered marketing accreditation. Um, again, I'm like a compulsive student, I guess would be the the right word for it. I have this weird thing where I always feel like I need to be learning. Um, I read a marketing book recently and highlighted things. It was not an assigned marketing book. It was one I read for leisure. So that is where I'm at. Um, I'm that person. Um, and yeah, so I think that's kind of like the next big career thing. I've got to do a couple courses just to, to get 
get there. Um, but that's the next kind of big career step. Um, within Candy Box, I, I just want to help the department grow. I'm one of the more tenured people, wizened, if you will. <laughs> um, so just helping everyone like support wise, I want to help everyone grow. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't, I can't tell you exactly what's next, but I can tell you what I roughly have planned. Um, and then ultimately just, you know, making sure I'm happy. I think that's the most important thing. Like you find what makes you happy in every job you have there. You're not going to love every aspect of every job, but you can love the majority of it. And I think that's so, so important. Um, you know, you'll never, I shouldn't say never, but it's very rare that people find a job that they're like jumping out of bed every single morning, but you want a job where you're getting out of bed every morning and not being like, oh, I have to go to work. Oh, I have to drive to work. You, you want a job where you're like, you know, if it's a day where you're not super motivated for work, at least you get to hang out with some awesome people. At least you maybe get to like um, learn something new. So I, yeah, being happy, trying to lock down this CMA thing. Um, it's funny because I, at one point I did try to pursue my CPA, which is for accounting. Didn't get very far. Bringing it back to that math question. <laughs> I, I, got, I got kind of far, but not too far. But I just really want a designation with a C and an A, I guess. <laughs> the, middle, the middle letter isn't important. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, I guess that's, that's what's next. But I mean, very, very deep question, very thought-provoking. But I, I would challenge anyone who, who listens to this to, to ask themselves what next like after any big milestone or any kind of accomplishment just ask yourself what next and if you can't think of something if you don't have an answer maybe think of pivoting maybe it's time to pivot um because there always needs to be a what next um because otherwise you get stagnant and when you get stagnant you can get bored and that's no fun and that's when you get all the negative emotions. All the all the bad vibes. Vibe check 2020. <laughs> Where am I Gen Z at? <laughs> TikTok. Like it's definitely like personally it's uh, I've I've talked to the team about this as well when it comes to I want to help progress and help design grow within the organization. Where it's like, okay, I started off as an intern, started off going into like advertising then venturing off into user experience and user interface design okay like how now can we take everything that we've learned and apply it in a way that increases value for where I'm at but again further enhances everything that I want to learn and it's what's next is just the next thing that I want to learn next (laughs) you know what's what's coming next you know and it's just like where is that and how does that fit back to your values? And again, as Em was saying, like we encourage you to discuss and identify what's next. But even let's let's even go more granular than that just to help with guiding questions. But it's like, okay, go back to the basics. What do you value? Right? What do you value within yourself? And how does that reflect within the organization that you work for? Because from my personal experience, in my opinion, 
I've stayed in organizations longer because they have the same values as me. Candy Box values growth. Candy Box values creativity. And because our values align, my work relationship within the organization, like it's not like, you know, we're not dating anymore. We're like in a committed relationship. You know what I'm saying? So it's like treat your work as if it's something that you have a relationship with because that's what it is the company has a relationship with you and you both have to provide value and listen to each other let's end this in a way that will hopefully help for viewers <laughs> what is one advice that you would give someone who's currently at that cusp of trying to understand that hey is it time to pivot or what's next no um i don't know i think you know if it's something you really want to do and you're confident that it's something you want to pursue take that leap of faith um you know there's a good chance it'll it'll pay off or you know if you're if you're unsure if you're on that cusp and you're teetering a little bit talk to people uh talk to people in the industry talk to people in your in your current industry um, get some insights like I I did a whole bunch of information interviews which was you know just mm -hmm. meeting people for coffee not looking for a job in, in any way and I made sure they knew that like I didn't I was like I'm not meeting to try and leverage a job out of you I'm meeting because I just want your insights I want to know about your career I um, you know I just I want to learn from you and I want to hear what you have to say because I think it's a value to me um, and I think I think that's huge and um, you know, one thing with that is never, never, ever ask someone to pick their brain. Um, that's a, that's a no, no, but just ask someone, say like, I'd love to discuss your career. I'd love to discuss, you know, how you got to where you are. Do you have, you know, 50 minutes for a phone call? Do you, can we, you meet for coffee for an hour? And I think, I think there's a huge value in, in that. And, um, you know, I think, I think it'll help provide you with clarity if you're not if you're just not sure if it's you know sometimes certain jobs are romanticized I mean if you watch suits you think being a lawyer can be quite be yeah it can be it can be quite glamorous and if you talk to a lawyer it's not all that it's it's not suits <laughs> um it's not to say it's a bad job you know I I know people who are lawyers and they're they're great but you know, make sure you're not romanticizing anything. Um, kind of get the nitty gritty, you know, ask what's the most difficult part of your job? What's the best part of your job? Like don't shy away from some of those harder questions. Um, just to just to make sure that when you're thinking of taking that leap that it's the right leap and you're not basing it off of some kind of conjured up thought or idea you have. You don't want to take that leap, take that risk and it not be everything you thought it would be. Exactly, and in this entire process, it's just like, be brutally honest with yourself based off of all of the answers that those end up bringing you and taking the time for yourself to really just let yourself be who you are and that's okay. <laughs> but yeah we're done yay, yay. <laughs> and cut <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of candy cast if you like what you've heard make sure to hit the subscribe button for more sweet conversations 
Also, continue the conversation with us on social media by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Candy Cast Club. Until next time, thanks again for listening and stay sweet.